Hey, super friends, cutting into the beginning of the show just to drop in and say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. We just had our, I believe it was our fifth or sixth live show since we started this podcast at Atomic City Comics. We just, you know, this past Sunday, we did it with Doom Thugs. And oh my God, the support, the love and support that you guys showed us was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming out. That episode, if you weren't able to catch it live, that episode will be dropping, I believe, April 12th uh, while we're away in Disney. So check that out. It's going. To, it was such a fun show. Huge thanks to my guests, uh, Joe Gates. Uh, cat's out of the bag now. Joe Gates, who portrayed Thor, and Brian Gray, who played us some awesome like music that's about nerdum. And it was just all so good. Uh, it was such a great podcast, such a great day, such a great event. Uh, so thank you for the continued support. If you're looking for other ways to support Everything is Awesome, there are three easy ways to do it. A, leave a five-star review on iTunes. It's free for nothing, just a little bit of your time. Five-star reviews help other people find our show on iTunes as we climb the charts. And the more people listening, I mean, we get to do cooler and bigger things, like more live shows, uh, bigger live shows. Uh, there's, oh God, I would love to do a live show, like at an actual event, like at a Comic-Con or at a Renaissance Fair. Uh, so all these things are become possible when you leave five star reviews. So it doesn't take much out of your day, please. We really appreciate it. And we'll read them on air. Also word of mouth recommendations. They're huge. Tell a friend. Play the podcast in the car with a friend in there. And just when they ask, what is this dopey stuff? You can say, that's my dope-ass super friend, Kev. Talking to his dope-ass super friend, whoever my guest is that week. So those are two quick and easy ways for you to support the show and help us grow. We're always looking to grow our audience. Another way that you can help us grow is by going to patreon.com slash that entertains. Patreon is a service that allows you to support the creators that you love. And if you love us for just as little as a dollar a month, you can help us grow that's entertainment and everything is awesome into something bigger and better. You know, we right now the plans for that money that we earn, we don't earn a paycheck from it. That every single cent will go into the company. You know, the first kind of the first deals we have are upgrading studio equipment, upgrading studio stuff, and also bringing you more content because of that. So, you know, we have goals to bring you monthly uh, editions of Tabletop is Awesome, monthly editions of That's Entertainment, the podcast. Entertainment is awesome, if you will. Uh, you know, we, we have plans to like maybe launch a device podcast, and I, I'm, I'm going to sit down and kind of rework it and whatnot, and, you know, uh, it just, it helps us create more content, which is what we're looking to do. So, uh, Patreon.com involves a little bit of cash, but you know what? If you have the spare coin, great. If not, then you have two other ways that you can help support this show. You know, iTunes reviews and word of mouth recommendations. Hey, I've wasted enough of your time. Let's get to the show. Here's my conversation with Daniel from the Get Real Podcast. Take it away! Everything is awesome as part of Courts and Parts. 
podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, and Podstalgic at courtandparts.com. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is a show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, this week's guest uh, came out of the blue, actually. It's a uh, uh, fellow um, network mate, if you will. If you, uh, if you listened to uh, our episode either a week or two ago, you sat down and listened to me speak with Carly, uh, who runs the Core Temp Arts podcast network uh which is really just like a great group of people um who i've just really began to you know talk with and whatnot and uh big thanks to chris revel for for getting me involved with these people and this week's guest is someone who i really only know through a couple uh dms on twitter and uh listening to his guest spot guest host spot on uh let's chat with revel and friends uh so give it up for god Damn, I am so two years into this specific show, and I'm still terrible at this. Get up for Daniel. I didn't check on your last name from Get Real uh, Movies right here. Uh, how, how you doing, sir? Good. How are you? Don't worry. No, you don't need to know my last name. Just keep the mystery alive. You know. <laughs> it's funny. That I, I usually I have guests that say that because I'm that asshole that doesn't uh, doesn't check on it. But how you doing, man? Thanks for doing the show. Good, good. I'm that asshole too, so I think we'll get along famously. <laughs> so, uh, what I think is really, really interesting is, uh, and I, again, uh, my listeners know, but like I do zero prep for this show, so I tend to go into it, my interviews kind of blind for a more natural conversation. Yeah. Uh, but I do know like the most minimal things about you based off of listening to uh, that episode. With uh, with on uh, let's chat that when you guys interviewed Jonah, yeah. um, and so you are what nineteen years old? Eighteen. I turned nineteen. Eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so eighteen. So we uh, so just like Chris, we are like a gener like a true generation apart. You yeah. are uh, like the heart of millennials. Whereas I ride <laughs> that border of Gen Xer and millennial at 32 going on 33. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's wild. Cause I don't think I actually, you are probably the youngest have to be the youngest person to date on this show. Uh, so it's going to be weird when I ask this question, but like, what's your origin, man? Like 18 years ago, what, what happened? 18 years ago. Uh, so I was born in uh, Liverpool, actually in England. Um, and uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was born at home. So, you know, I'm one of the, one of the good kids that wasn't born with a bunch of drugs and stuff like that. So I'm not really messed up like a lot of most millennials are today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, um, I was born in England. Uh, I moved to Belgium when I was four. I grew up there and then I moved to Canada when I was eight. So I've lived here since, um, 
since 2000 and I guess 2008, 2007, 2006. Wow. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, it was okay. a while ago. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I've lived here since and... You know, you mentioned young, the youngest person on your show. I kind of get that every time I go on a new show. Like, uh, and with my show, uh, my co-host, he's 22, so we have an average age of 21.5. So we call our podcast the youngest podcast of uh, on the film podcast uh, uh, you know, you know, uh, register. So, yeah, that's. Um, I mean, I, I guess as podcasting uh, matures and becomes. Uh, you know, it's it's about 10, 11 years into its, uh, you know, uh, infancy, we'll say, uh, as a medium. Uh, you're, we're going to get more and more younger people doing it just because you guys grew up. I mean, Christ, I mean, since you've been in Canada for the last 10 years, um, podcasting has been around. Yeah. Uh, and has probably been, you know, for you, definitely more than me, at least uh, probably a, a source uh, of entertainment that you've taken advantage of. Like, I mean, I've listened to them for about 10 years, but I mean, kids today are literally growing. There's literally kids that have grown up with podcasts You and you're kind of one of them. Yeah, I am in a way, but in another way, I'm not um, because I actually wasn't really introduced to podcasts until about two years ago. Um, and, uh, that's when I started being interested. Uh, I started guesting on other people's shows cause I started this blog with a movie friend of mine called a tale of two Dan's cause we were two Daniels and it did really well. It was a lot of fun, but after a year we kind of went our separate ways and had different things to do. And, uh, it was around that time that I decided, you know, okay, I really like doing podcasting. I had guested on a couple shows. People really liked it supposedly. So I decided to start my own show. And then also I decided, you know, okay, I'll might as well get a blog with it. And the blog and the podcast originally were kind of just, you know, regular movie stuff. But now it's kind of transcended into a bigger image, bigger picture thing where it's all young writers. It's all young hosts. And, you know, we get people on there. Obviously, you know, we'll get some older guests on, too. But it's about, you know, um, bringing millennials voice like the smart millennials, because, you know, we don't get a lot of credit uh, because there's a lot of dumb people out there dumb millennials out there who are like oh yeah uh, you know this movie's the greatest movie ever and they're talking about 50 shades of gray or something like that <laughs> and it just it, that sort of stuff pisses me off right and it gives a bad name to millennials but that's that's kind of what we're doing and our youngest writer on our site is 14 uh we just oh, added man. a new writer who's 16 uh and then we, we just have a bunch of young writers uh one guy's my age there's a couple other people uh we've a uh, a lady who's um, just a couple of years older than us and it's just it's really awesome because we're getting this young uh, group of people together and we're, we're starting to get uh, noticed a little bit too and uh, like um, just starting to do more interviews with filmmakers which I'll talk about a little later too but it's uh, I think it's really important podcasting is so it can do so much but it's such a cool uh, tool for at least people like me to use because especially right now at least I don't think in the next couple of years like you said but right now there's not many young podcast out, podcasters out there so when i say oh yeah i'm 18 uh it catches the eye a little bit you know like yeah. uh, filmmakers will pay a little more attention when i send them that email and they'll be like oh okay that might be interesting instead of you know oh just another interview request so that's mm -hmm. i kind of use it to my advantage i kind of just use i'm 18 all the time now it's kind of worked very well for me <laughs> 
Yeah, that's it's um, great to hear that there are uh, like so many young people kind of like taking a charge, you know, with Get Real and and uh, and I guess everywhere, everywhere else too. But uh, because that is it is um, millennial. I want to I don't want to say millennials because when I was a kid, kids had a, you know a bad rat too. We were all dumb a holes too. Yeah, um, but it's um, it's good to see like. Hey, let's take a positive spin on on like being young and having opinions uh, and whatnot. Because you have, you know, and this counts twice against you because you're a millennial and Canadian. Uh, <laughs> but like Justin Bieber, you have Justin Bieber as Me someone too. that kind of represents, you know, the millennials. Oh, uh, in a way. Don't say that, please. He's, uh, we, <laughs> you know, okay, 500,000 Canadians signed a petition to uh, strip his Canadian citizenship. That just shows you how much we hate that kid. Like, he just, he's just an idiot, really. It's mostly yeah. like, <laughs> It is, and, and, and I usually, it's funny, I never really, like, kind of, um, relate him to Canada because Canada has such a reputation of being just super friendly, super nice, um, and just overall great people. Uh, yeah. And and the few the few times that I've been up there for pleasure or for work or whatever uh, has always proven to be true. Like that doesn't. I've never seen anything firsthand to say. Well, now Canadians can be just like Americans, uh, except for this kid. Like I, it, more, more often than not, you see him. Uh, and the first thing that comes to mind is like, Oh, typical Hollywood brat. Um, and it's just, it's, it's nice to see. And, and just <laughs> millenn- like a millennial, um, charge, I guess, uh, when you hear so many stupid stories with millennials because they, and I, and again, I, I say this Gen X, the Gen X are here slash millennial, whatever I, wherever I fall on that fence. Uh, we did just as many stupid things as well, but because of the new media that we live in, because cell phone cameras and whatnot, and it's just so easily to capture the idiocy idiocy of it all yeah you guys uh, got that... away with a lot more that's, that's what you guys <laughs> yeah. had you guys were the lucky ones yes and, you know we, it's it's uh like the baby boomers were just like you know they'll say they didn't do anything stupid but like they they truly had no way to get it captured so there's no real proof of them uh acting a fool whereas my generation like we were just as some of this technology was coming out i mean really when new media first hit the scene and i it's hard to say i guess when new media first hit the scene i like to link it to about 2005 2006 when like youtube and podcasting and like some of the streaming sites were starting to pop up you know so so that stuff really as a um, I again, whatever you consider my generation, because I do fall on that line. Of, You're just you know, old, yeah. I'm just, I no longer like. I don't know. I, th- I feel like there needs to be another generation in between Gen Xers and Millennials because, they like, typically it seems like generations take up ten years, except for Millennials are like, eh, if you're born from like eighty three or eighty four on, you're a Millennial. 
I wouldn't and, say that. I'd say it's uh, 90, 90 and onwards, really, for me at least. Uh, but I, I understand what you get. But no one wants to be associated with millennials, especially, you know, if you're over, like, you know, what, 25, 26, whatever, 90 is. You, you're like, oh, I don't want to be associated with those people. Like, and <laughs> and I, I totally get it. No, but, you know, a lot of people, like, laugh and, you know, oh, and some people on, on Facebook are like, well, millennials are given such a bad rap, but we have the hardest time and that's not true no we don't we just act really stupid and do it online and do it when people are videoing us like do you know how many times i've been on facebook and i see the dumbest thing ever and i want to comment and just say you're an idiot but say so many more explicits but i'm like no daniel don't do this one day you could get into film or one day you could maybe you know i'm interested in political science so one day you could get into politics and this will you know screw you over so be responsible online. Just say it to yourself quietly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's smart because that's something that I would say like my generation doesn't have is like is is, um, you know, th- think before you act. At least me, I'll say maybe I'm just t- <laughs> taking my own point of views and and putting it to my entire generation. But, I, you know, so I think that is something that. You know, whereas uh, there's t- definitely a ton of people, whether they're millennials or not, that that take advantage, uh, you know, don't take advantage of the fact that like, hey, I'm gonna be like, I can be captured at any moment, so I don't care if I act a fool, uh, and they're going to, you know, not think about the future. Yeah, like there Do are that many to get viral. Yeah, but there are that many. You know, it's. Uh, I feel like millennials can also have, or I guess at least the really smart ones like yourself have that mindset of, let me think before I act. Whereas like my generation, since we didn't really grow up with that being a thing, like we kind of grew up like the baby boomers in the sense of like, we can still hide some of our shit, except that we can't, Mm -hmm. uh, is, is like, we don't have that thing. Cause I'm that guy that like sees, sees a Facebook post and usually and not anymore, I should say. Like, at 32, not anymore. It was more of a... Uh, I, I was in my early 20, mid-20s, and I, you know, I see a post somewhere, and I'm like, I'm going to rile. And, and more so just because I can. Yeah. And, like, one thing that uh, sticks out is, like, I had someone as a friend post something on Facebook that was, you know... Uh, like, I don't even think it was a religious post. It may have mentioned God in it. And I don't know, but it was the comment, someone else that commented on it that like brought like this huge religious overtone to it. And I, you know, I'm fine. Like have faith, you know, and I probably wouldn't have done this now, like at 30, at 32 years old, but in my, it's like 27 when I was, or 25, however mm-hmm. young I was and, and, and reckless. Like I saw that opportunity as like, I always did like the devil advocate thing. Like I don't, you know, I have a strange relationship with religion and like, you know, I, I'm more of a guy that's like, you know, have your beliefs, just don't, you know, push it on people. So when I see that kind of stuff, even on Facebook, I was like, oh, I'm just going to say one little thing to start this huge argument and go back and forth uh, and thus crushing every political, you know, career I, I, I didn't wish for, didn't have an uh, aspire to. But if I wanted to, uh, I crushed it right then and there by bringing uh, 
uh, like religious hate into a conversation. Oh my God. No, but, um, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that. Cause you know, uh, I, I can obviously take uh, credit for what I do now, but I think it's something that, you know, my parents instilled in me from a very young age, um, you know, just kind of, you know, think before you act, especially in this day and age. And I, I, I always grew up as more of a reserve kid. Like I used to have big self-control problems when I was a younger kid. I would get angry a lot, especially in like hockey. I remember um, in grade, I think it was grade five, uh, I, was, I was playing, we were playing pickup hockey outside, not on a rink or anything, just playing. And this this kid, uh, he was the principal's son, and he would just keep whacking me with a stick, like right on my legs, and my legs were getting tired. So after a while, when he scored, I just got pissed, grabbed my stick, smashed him over, <laughs> smashed him on the helmet, and he was like, okay. he was just like crazy, like he had no idea what just happened. I Like he had a helmet on, but it still would hurt a little bit and he was just like and i was like on him like a second and like and they had to get like six guys to grab me off him and i'm a pretty skinny guy or at that time i was skinny pretty skinny so like it was uh people were like holy shit we've never seen that side of you and i'm like yeah i just was done i'm sorry <laughs> but, sounds like a, a broad street bully there that's how flyer plays man i know <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you know the nicknames of the Flyers. I already have so much respect for you. Well, and and don't 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 have too much because as far as my hockey knowledge goes, it, I know the Flyers. I know the Broad Street Bullies. That's about it. Like but I, that's I more am than a, anyone else. <laughs> well, see, and I'm someone who um, I actually really I do enjoy sitting down and watching hockey. Uh, and I got into it within the last like 10 years, like before, prior to 10, you know, over 10 years ago, I was just a football and baseball guy and I couldn't really get into hockey. There was something about it that I didn't really, I I, I just could not get. Um, and it was actually sitting down with some, some guys that were fans of the, uh, penguins. And I would sit down with them and watch it, and like I'd start to like learn the game a little bit. And, and I know the basics of the game and now, and, you know, I was like, all right, like this is actually entertaining to watch, and so like I said, it's it's for me, hockey has the same issue that baseball has, mm-hmm. and that's that there's like too many games on in the season. Like I I can watch a game anytime I want, so therefore I tend to not watch them as often because. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I can just catch the next one or I can catch the next one or I can catch the next one versus football uh, is something I can only really watch once a week, especially if I'm like following my own team. Yeah, uh, I, I get that kind of um, baseball has way more games than hockey yes. or basketball. Um I'm a big soccer fan. Just growing up in Europe, I kind of had to be, mm-hmm. and being being born in Liverpool, I had really had to be because uh, they're. I think uh, with Manchester United, they're the two most successful clubs in uh, in in like uh, Premier League history. Which kind of sucks because we hate Manchester United. It's like um, just imagine Philadelphia versus Pittsburgh. It's that kind of rivalry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but worse. Um, like uh, and in, in England they have hooligan problems, so there's there's some fist flying at those games usually. But oh, wow. uh, but I love sports in that way because like you can you can find different things to watch and you know I and some of us don't have to be as close minded because there's people on uh, in podcasting I talk to and uh, and they're always like oh hockey blah soccer blah only football basketball and baseball like, and uh, I'm, like no, no, no. I'm like that's very American. <laughs> <laughs> 
you American. Uh, no, I agree though. That is like a, a huge mindset of Americans, and and is that you know it's just and I, I wouldn't even say basketball. At least Philadelphia for me isn't a huge basketball town. I mean, it, uh, it, it doesn't uh, help that the the Sixers suck. Yeah. Um, but uh, for me, basketball and, I, and maybe in time I'll enjoy basketball. But but basketball kind of suffers. I, the the reasons I don't like basketball, which is just you know guys running back and forth with a ball Mm -hmm. is the same reason I used to say I don't like hockey. It's just guys going back and forth with a, with a puck. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, obviously eventually, you know, again, I, I now can sit down and really enjoy, um, a Flyers game or, you know, any hockey game really. Uh, I mean, I have a, I have a Flyers Jersey Flyers hat. Like I, I go to Flyers games every now and then. So it's, and I, and like seeing hockey live is probably the most enjoyable sport that I've seen live. And I've, you know, between that baseball and, uh, and football, mm-hmm. um, there's just something about that atmosphere about hockey fans and especially in Philadelphia. Um, I say that like I've gone to other hockey games, but just, um, there's just something about that atmosphere that's so much different than baseball and football. Uh, yeah. and it, it, yeah, it's just a fun sport to watch live. Yeah, football is interesting because um, I think at times it can be very slow just because it stops and starts a lot. Uh, but then you watch a game like the fucking Super Bowl and you're like, holy shit, yeah, that is the yeah, most exciting yes. game I've ever watched. And my only yes. regret about that game is uh, not tweeting Eugenie Bouchard, will you go on a date if the Patriots win? Because like there were, that whole thing went viral and she went on a date with this guy. And, you know, I've had a huge crush on her since she before she was winning. <laughs> So I, I was her fan long before, uh, long before she uh, started winning and getting into semifinals of Wimbledon. So you know, if she's listening, uh, you know, if you want to go on a date, I'm always down, definitely. Um, yeah, no, that was uh, something that like I, I what I miss about uh, like being like fully into the sports scene as far as I was, which was like yeah, like football and baseball and even baseball is something that I loved as a kid, fell out of it during the strike in 93, mm-hmm. and then came back to loving it, you know, about, I think about two years before Philly won the World Series, I started Damn. sitting down and watching baseball again. I was like, you know what, this is like, I, I think I can enjoy this again. I think I'm over whatever I I had about baseball and the strike. Like, I don't know, something like, it felt like it, like it personally attacked me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and... No, I get uh, that. So, yeah, I don't know. I have a, I had an issue with like you're making all this money and you're going to go on strike when your fans support you and I, and I don't know like that was me at like nine like they went on strike when I was nine years old, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know what mindset I was in to to have those feelings. But it took me a solid uh, oh god ninety three. It took me about. 10, I'd say 13 years to get back into baseball. And, and, you know, the right time as a Philly fan to get back into it because the Phillies were starting to get hot. And obviously we won in 08. And, um, but there is like baseball is like, like you said, it's for me, that's the slow sport. Baseball is the slow sport. Oh yeah. Um, It's like um, uh, cricket in England. Cricket is this boring sport and somehow people it's probably the most watched sport in the world they say at times or the most played sport in the world okay um but uh baseball i only got into a couple years ago i remember going to a blue jays game when i was younger and that was kind of cool uh you know just the experience but uh yeah i i got i started watching and it was after i saw this movie silver linings playbook that i picked my team finally that i wanted uh, to support and that was uh the detroit tigers so 
Oh, wow. Um, interesting. Yeah, it was an interesting it, choice, but I like it. Like it's them. interesting the teams um, that, that we follow. Uh, there's like two mindsets usually. It's like you're born in that town and you follow th- those teams to death. Or like I'm going to pick a team based off X. And like so mm-hmm. for me, I, I'm a Phillies, you know, Philadelphia fan first and, and foremost through everything. Yeah. So and, and for that, for baseball and football, that means I cannot like anyone in the same division or same conference. Uh, so like Eagles, I can't like the, the, the Redskins. I can't like the Giants. Can't like the, the Cowboys. Can't like the Mets when it comes to baseball. Can't like the Nationals. Uh, oh, that's but too bad, it, though, because uh, I'm, I'm an Eagles fan. <laughs> Oh, well, see, I love the, yeah, like the Eagles. I love the Eagles. Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles fan. Um, can't like any of the other three teams. That's why my number two team in football um, has always been uh, uh, the Steelers. You know, they're not, not only are they not in my division uh, with, you know, with the Eagles, but they're also not in the same conference. So, like, I can yeah. sit down and maybe once every four years have to worry about an Eagles Steelers game uh, and have to say, well, who am I going to pick? And it's always going to be the Eagles because I'm a diehard yeah. Eagles fan. No, I love um, the Eagles too. I'm really glad. Uh, I'm glad that we agree on this one. And that was also because of yeah. Silver Linings Playbook. It really helped me make a lot of important decisions <laughs> in sports. <laughs> but um, that's funny. It's, it's sad, you know, supporting the Eagles a little bit because they just, yeah. they're stuck in this uh, lifeless division and they just, they can't hmm. seem to pull it together. I just hope that maybe this year's our year. <laughs> well, and, and so, uh, you know, the, the year that we just had, you know, I'm actually really content with because yeah. it going into the year i was like before before one game was played i was like all right this is this is a rebuilding year like i'm really disappointed in what chip did to our team mm-hmm. but now yeah. now we have this this new vision and i kind of like what we're seeing in the moves here and despite the, the the how the season ended like we had that opening season that was really really good and all that did to me was was show potential and i didn't get yeah. too excited there was no reason to get too excited like you can't talk about a super bowl with a first year quarterback and a first year head coach uh with the team and expect a super bowl no. um so so you know everyone got hyped like and that's what when, in Philadelphia, that's what we do. Like when we see that, we're like, "Oh, let's get hyped about it!" Like this is great. We're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And like that's just something that I I've seen, you know, for the last, you know, I, I'll say thirty two years. Even though I don't have memories of football for thirty two years, but for as long as I've been alive, I've seen that in Philadelphia is that when a team, one of our teams, does well in the beginning. We think we're going to win it all. Um, And and that was, I think, an unrealistic expectation to have as a Philadelphia fan for these Eagles. Uh, But I think what we did is see a lot of good potential. And I think that, like, you know, building those foundation blocks of this new team is what we're seeing. And, and, you know, I think we're going to hopefully do better this year. I hope so, too. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to win a championship this year, but I think that we're going to I think and I I say this I say this and this is where I'm a Philadelphia. I say this often is I you know, I think this is the 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 coach, this is the regime that we're going to see a championship come from. Yeah, we could start but, building towards a championship. Yes. And that's yes. what we did last year and that's what we can yep. keep doing this year. And and I think for the first time in I think since I've been, I have a memory of watching football. This is 
probably my fourth or fifth head coach. Hmm. Uh, and I, and I think that I can finally sit down and say, you know, like I for real mean it this time. Like I think for real, we have a championship team in the future with this regime. It's making. Uh, yes. It, it's something that I, you know, it finally feels right. I, I think that within the next five years, uh, we'll have a championship uh, in, in the uh, city for, for football. Finally. Yeah, and um, I feel the I, same in many ways uh, about Liverpool. Uh, I'm a huge soccer fan, always have been, right? But um, they 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 haven't won a, a league title in uh, since ninety ninety eighty nine or ninety. So we've uh, and a lot of people in the Premier League, which is the biggest soccer league in the world, make fun of us for that. And you know we've won lots of other things. We've won the Champions League, which is like the European Cup, which is like pretty big, probably bigger than the yeah. league in some ways, but. We always say this year is our year, and this year we started doing really well, and then we kind of <laughs> lost it. And I, I hate when that happens, but with this coach and the way he sees this team, uh, I really see us in the next, you know, I'd say three years going there. But um, I did want to hit on one point that you talked about before. You said there's two types of fans. I think there's three types of fans. There's either ones who are born there, there's ones who pick them for reasons, and there's bandwagons. Because I run oh, into yeah. so so many millennial bandwagons who support Barcelona or New England Patriots or the Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers or the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it infuriates me. I really want to slap them when, when they say, yeah. oh, uh, what team do you support? Oh, I'm a New England Patriots fan. Oh, uh, why do you support them? Uh, well, you know, my uh, dad and everyone, uh, they always supported them. I'm like, okay, name one player on their team. Uh, Tom Brady. Anyone else? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. Yep, yep, I agree with you. And uh, it is, that, that bandwagoner one is one. And the New England Patriots really, like, now that like we hopefully are getting towards the end of the Brady era, like I, I look at that team now, like after you know that Super Bowl was like I, I was I, never so passionate at a game in, in I can't remember the last time I was so passionate watching that game. We I actually, but we we left. Uh, we were ended up watching it. Me and my fiance and our kids were at her, her mom's house uh, watching the game, and we eventually just had to leave because it was getting so late. And we um, so I was listening to the game on the radio, and like just listening to to well, I mean obviously watching the 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 debacle of the Falcons just fall, and uh, and then listening to it on the radio and like. My, if football is the only sport that I get so emotionally invested, uh, even when the Eagles aren't playing, and like you, my face throughout the night was like so happy, and as it got closer, it was just like you saw the the like disbelief, and then like just like the break, like it, when I heard that they they the they they got the loss on the on the radio on my way home, and it is. Uh, the point is that, that I'm trying to make is like taking myself out of that now and like kind of looking at the Patriots as we talk about them. Like they are now the Cowboys of the 90s. Like when I was a kid, when I was in, in elementary school, there there were and there shouldn't have been Cowboy fans in in a town that was Eagles. Yeah. But in my elementary school, there were tons of of Cowboys fans because Cowboys yeah. 
were were the you know back then they were the ones that were winning six or seven championships throughout the you know throughout the uh, yeah, the decade. Yeah, no, and yeah. I that. and like it was interesting watching this game. Hey there, super friends. It's Kev taking a quick break from my conversation with Dan from Get Real to chat about a couple things. First, let's chat about reviews iTunes reviews, any well, any reviews really, but specifically iTunes reviews, five star reviews. If you could uh, take a moment and just leave one, that would be amazing because iTunes has this math that when we have more five star reviews, it means we get mo- noticed more by people, and that means that more people will start listening to this show, which means more people will allow us to start doing cooler things, live shows. We do them already. Let's do more of them. Spinoff podcast. Oh, I'm hoping to do uh, at least one special in April for Tabletop, and I would love for that to spin off into its own thing. An advice podcast with the Batman. How awesome would that be? We're looking to do a lot of cool things here, and everything is awesome, and that's entertainment. And those five star reviews really could help. We have one from They Call Me I A M S. Imus? I'm not quite sure. Let's read his review. This is the most recent review on iTunes. Everything is awesome with Kevin. Kevin is super energetic and enthusiastic about podcasting. These are two of the main ingredients for awesome podcasts. Subscribe ASAP. Thanks, Call Me. Uh, That means the world to me. Uh, Leave your five-star review, and we will certainly read it on air. I also want to take a second to chat about a fellow Core Temp Arts podcast. They are such a great little podcast. Not little, let's be honest. They're huge. Much bigger than my Dopey Show. Much better than my Dopey Show. But, you know, let's be honest. Every show on the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network is better than my show. But this one is amazing. Hydrate Level 4 presents Podstalgic. And I believe I'm pronouncing that correct. Apologize if I'm not. They are a film podcast where they take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. That's pretty awesome, guys. They've they've talked about both Power Ranger movies from 95 and 2017 recently, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Get Out. Uh, They talk about just cool movies and they, you know, rediscover. Rediscovering cool movies, really. So if you'd like to go back and watch movies of yesteryear, this is the podcast for you. Check it out uh, on CoreTempArts.com. Back to the show. And you talked about emotion and... um... I think, you know, going back to movies a little bit, um, the best sports movies are always football movies. And that that's just, that's just a fact. And I think, you know, as a as someone who wants to make films in the future, I'd love to make a good soccer movie. Um, you know, just something that, like, Americans even can like, you know, because uh, a lot of Americans really shit on soccer. And I understand because yeah. you have the MLS, which is literally the worst league in the world. But... Um, <laughs> And I'm sorry if I'm offending people by saying that, but you just watch the Premier League and watch the MLS. It's like watching five-year-olds play and then, like, normal professional (laughs) players. It's what it looks like. But, like, all I was thinking after the the Patriots went down, uh, what was it, 21 to nothing, I just thought of two movies. I thought of Remember the Titans, and then I thought of Facing the Giants or Facing Giants. And there's literally just – and I'm just thinking, like, holy crap, they're going to – they're going to come back even though the patriots are the giants they're they're going to come back they're going to bring it back and for me this game confirmed and some people might argue with this but uh that 
you know, Tom Brady is GOAT. Like, he is the greatest of all time, I'd say, when it comes to... He's pretty close. And if he's not your greatest of all time, he's probably up there. Because what he's done for that franchise, considering he was selected, what was it, 199th overall yeah, or something, something like, like that? that. Yeah. Like, I just think that it's unbelievable what he's done for them. And honestly, you know, I won't, I, I won't say this. I wasn't a bandwagon, but I did support the Pats in the final just because I have so many friends who are Pats fans. And I had no sort of connection to the Falcons. And yes, I understood they were the underdogs, but they, they looked like the better team going into the Super Bowl. So I thought, you know, it would be an interesting game. And it, it turned out into the one of the greatest games of all time, if not the yeah. greatest game of all time. It- it is probably that Super Bowl was probably the most interesting game I've seen in the last ten years easily. Yeah. Uh and and it was yeah, I mean it's I I have a hard time saying that, that Brady is the GOAT just because I don't like the guy. I, I I think he is more overrated than that. He he's good. I think he's a, a tap probably five. Top ten definitely de- probably top five quarterback i can't i don't think i can argue that um i just have i think that now this year i would say that maybe he just was truly just great um and and uh you know he proved it in that game i don't think that i can deny that but i think in years past um you know in in the mid 2000s and stuff i think that he also just had it wasn't him he had such a great offensive line oh, he, he had great receivers so i think that a lot of the credit that he gets actually belongs to the team the that team he was involved with and i i get that too yeah. and i think you know uh, as an eagles fan it's hard for me to say and i just think you know i haven't grown up with any other players who rival him so that's maybe why i would i would agree with that statement but I gotta say, the balls on that guy—he's—he's—he's um, he's, he's certainly a cocky guy, and I kind of like—I kind of like that when you when you kind of just expect to win. Like this guy pre-recorded an advertisement where he's won five rings, and it came out the next day after the Super Bowl, and he pre-recorded. <laughs> And like I, I, I really appreciate that sort of cockiness, and but it's not in like a mean way. It's just like okay, I, I expect to win because I have a good team around me, and this is what I expect of myself. And you know, I, when I played basketball in high school, that's kind of what I expected of myself too. And I, I was not a very good basketball player. Uh, I thought I was pretty good, like, um, but I, I wasn't amazing or anything. And I, it was mostly down to height and stuff. But Tom Brady's fought through a lot. You know, he, he doesn't have the biggest height on him. He's not the strongest guy. He wasn't picked number one overall. Like, he's fought against a lot of odds, and I kind of respect that. You know, I have a quiet respect for him. Like, uh, I still think, uh, you know, I, I don't like him whenever he plays against Philly, which is, you know, <laughs> occasionally so i hate him yeah. then and i you know will say call him an asshole or whatever but <laughs> I, I have a quiet respect for him that i think i think if you if a, a player is if a player is good you're gonna respect them unless they're yeah. an asshole you know yeah 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 and, and i can agree to that to to a certain extent i see for me is you know a my favorite quarterback of all time is uh is cunningham uh, just, just nice. you know, not not just because he's an eagle, but because he was just, he was I don't want to call him the greatest of all time, but he was just such a phenomenal athlete. Hmm. Um, whereas, uh, but like one of like my modern day quarterback that I just I think is, and I again saying the greatest of all time is probably arrogant and incorrect, but Peyton Manning to me, um, 
I love Peyton Manning. I think that uh, I I think that because he has less rings than than uh, than uh, Brady, Brady. Yeah. shouldn't make him a lesser quarterback. I, right. I I understand. I get. I get why it does. Um, but to me, uh, the whole the whole concept of any given Sunday comes into play there. Like it's not about that one game. That one, it's a championship game, and, and you need to win games to get there. I understand that, uh, but I think it, you know, to, to be a good quarterback is more than just that one game. And I think Peyton Manning, I think he's he's a, uh, I think what makes him better than Brady, and and I, and this is my opinion. I'm probably in the minority when I say when what makes him better than Brady is that he is a. He has a better mindset for the game. He's a guy that can go out there and doesn't need a coach to call plays. He's a guy that goes out there and he's a coach when he's out there. Yeah. He's a guy that in a few years I think we'll see become a coach in the league. Um, if if he's not busy doing acting because he's also a really funny guy that I think has yeah. a talent that he can be an on-screen personality as well. <laughs> but if, if he wanted to become a coach, I think he would be a – I think he would become a a Super Bowl winning coach. Yeah, and um, I just, uh, it's interesting that you bring that up. You were talking about greatest players of all time. I want to tell a funny story in a sec, but when I think of uh, greatest, like one of my favorite players of all time, I think of uh, Brian Dawkins. And again, I'm biased. uh, I'm an Eagles fan. And then I also love Donovan McNabb because he was just a great quarterback for us for a while, right? But um, yeah. I think that yeah, Brian Dawkins. Uh, not a lot of people talk Brian, about him, but he was a fucking amazing player, like one of the is, best safeties of all time. Oh my god, yes, he is. Um, I, I, and I have his. Well, actually, I think his jersey may have got ruined. The one that I had, but I had. Like, he was, I think, the first real jersey I bought wow. was B Doc. Um, he was uh, when he was playing, probably my favorite player on the team. Yeah. Uh, and he is the reason that I am also a Broncos fan because he went to the Broncos. Nice. Um, and and that, many, that makes sense. Yes. And, and, and that's it, like, you know, going back to, to discussing the type of fans you are like, so, so I'm the type of fan that mainly is a fan of, of teams because I was born in that city. Mm. But I also um, go on to like, uh, like teams based off of players. And, you know, yeah. obviously um, the Colts I, I liked because of, of Manning. But the Broncos, I, uh, I would say that before the Steelers became my number two team, it was actually the Vikings because Cunningham went there. Nice. And I still have a quiet respect for the Vikings. I wouldn't really, I don't know, I would maybe buy a throwback Cunningham jersey for Vikings, but I don't think I would really go and buy anything else that was a Vikings, you know, yeah. uh, uh, merchandise. But I, I have a quiet respect for them because I I did like them at one point. Broncos are a team that I probably will always follow because I just, you know, was such a fan of them when B-Doc went there. And I was like, you know, I'm, I can still respect my Eagles while enjoying this other team because B-Doc's there. And then, and then uh, Manning went there and um, that that's totally a team that, that I will forever support. Um, and that's, you know, that's a, like, I guess maybe a fourth type of fan that you can be is like you, you follow your players yeah. as well. And, and that's how, like, for me, between that and like fantasy football is like how I can respect so many different teams as long as you're not 
the Cowboys or Giants or Redskins. Yeah, and the Minnesota uh, Vikings always kind of make me laugh because I just always think of How I Met Your Mother and Marshall, Jason Segel's yeah. show. So yes, I, yes. I always kind of laugh when I see them on because yeah. I think of him. Yeah. But it's a funny story. I was talking to um, this old guy I met in Florida, and uh, I don't think he really got the memo because uh, he told me his favorite player of all time in the NFL was O.J. Simpson. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So that that was pretty funny for me, you know, because I just finished watching the people versus OJ Simpson, so I was like, "Holy shit!" But I guess you know, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. So. <laughs> oh god, that's funny. No, but um, um, how is so? And I haven't watched um, the people versus OJ yet. That's something that's all. It's all my Netflix queue. Yeah. Uh, but as um, so, so as I was alive yes. for that, you old so, bastard. As a person who who wasn't alive for that, uh, what what was your, what's your take on like you know watching that uh, that series and and just the, on the case in general? Yeah, so like watching the series, it was really interesting. Um, after the case, uh, I actually covered this with uh, Mo from TV Movie Mistress. Um, I covered the entire show with her, and it was really interesting because she asked me this question. She said, "You know, do you think he did it?" And you know, since I wasn't alive at the time, it's really hard. The facts point that it looked like he did do it. Um, and you know, like, um, there's just so many different things around it that are like really suspicious and, um, Robert Kardashian and all that. And I, I really liked the show. The show was absolutely phenomenal. And that it's the reason why I didn't watch, um, the documentary OJ made in America, which won the Oscar for best documentary. Um, just cause I had watched the show. So I love the show. Um, I love seeing David Schwimmer up uh, back in acting and i thought he was great as rob kardashian like um i remember watching him rap against james Corden, and he was like um you you played a kardashian on tv but that was only for pretend and i laughed so hard at that that was just hilarious because you know the kardashians are such huge you know reality tv stars nowadays and kind of a joke honestly they're um, they're american they're american thank goodness uh They're they're Americans, Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was really funny watching the show because you saw the little Kardashian girls, and and I just remember, I just thought, like, wouldn't it be cool to ask them if they thought OJ did it? Because you know they can't really answer because their dad fucking defended the guy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But it it was a good show. Um, I thought it was really well done, really interesting, and I loved dissecting it really. But um. Yeah, it must have been a crazy time because I heard that's when they started showing like uh, car chases on TV and when 24 hour news really started. And that's how CNN got their big start as well. So um, sadly, uh, uh, OJ didn't do many good things for us (laughs) because because, you know, now now we have all these different news networks who are like kind of a lot of them just being a total joke and, you know, helping your crazy president win. So uh, (laughs) Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I think OJ should uh, go to prison not just for that murder, but for uh, making CNN popular. Because they didn't. Yeah. They they just kept saying Trump. Trump's not going to win. He's an idiot, and then he fucking won. Yeah, I. Well, that's you know, I don't want to get into it only because that's like a whole nother hour. It's another hour. I'm not going to get into it either. I just can, all I'm going to say is that we are always here for you. You're always welcome in Canada. I, yeah. I'll put you up with a place. I'll hook you up. Nice. It's it is actually kind of. Um, really like uh heartwarming to know uh that Canada was so and and that i mean uh, ireland f- did the same thing like one of the mayors of uh one of the cities in ireland like opened up his his town to americans but 
Um, right, uh, I guess it was before the election. Uh, it was definitely before the election, I, but I think it was close to it uh, that this this firm in Toronto like uh, created this little campaign that that was, uh, you know, America. We think we already think you're great. You don't need to be great again. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I saw that. That was fantastic. And I saw that. I was like, man, that just shows you that, like, and I, as an American, I would I would hope that if the, if the reverse happened and there was like the canadian trump running from prime minister oh, that fuck. we that we would do something like this you got, you got but americans are assholes no no seriously you gotta start getting worried because the guy who's winning the conservative leadership race right now is literally trump he's he he ran shark tank in canada okay, okay. so dragon's den and he is an idiot like an absolute idiot so i might join the conservative party just so i can vote against him for the conservative <laughs> leadership. Like, that's how much I do not want him. His name's Kevin I, O'Leary. And please, yep. anyone who is listening, please spread it around that he cannot speak French and he is in a bilingual country. He is not, he does yep. not speak French and he is in a bilingual country. I mean, if if something happens where he ends up winning, we'll, uh, I'll give uh, Trudeau my citizenship so he can run for president because oh it seems God. like he would be a swell no, you know dude in office. No, you know what's interesting about uh, Trudeau is that he is his uh, approval ratings are lowering um, because he's dividing the country a lot because like the whole West hates him because he's talking about phasing out the oil sands, which Alberta and BC are very well known for. And then, uh, and then when he's in the West, he's saying a completely different story. So he's not doing as well as the media would make you think. It's kind of, you know, interesting being in Canada because a lot of people are saying he's already lost his re-election bit just because. Um, and I, I think if uh, there's this guy I really like called Maxime Bernier, uh, he's a Quebecois, so I don't know why I like him, but um, but uh, he has some really good ideas. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I really respect him. I think he, you know, has some ideas that will make the Conservative Party a little more um, progressive. But also, um, you know, uh, try and look at the whole, I'm someone who believes in the whole balance of politics, which means social, economic, and environmental. So you look at all three of the issues and try and deal with them, um, you know, uh, equally. And uh, so, you know, obviously it's really hard to find a party for that. But if you can, I feel like you look more for leader, at least I do. I don't look at a party. I look more at a leader because mm -hmm. uh, in Canada, the conservatives are much closer to the middle as well as the liberals than the Republicans and the um, Democrats where they're so far to the left and so far to the right. It gets yeah. kind of scary sometimes, right? So, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, God. No, but all I can say is like, yeah, you guys are always welcome here. And, uh, you know, it's really funny, but I got to say... America kind of had it coming after making fun of us for our uh, Toronto mayor, Rob Ford. Like, they kind of had it coming. <laughs> yeah, this is our payback is. Well, and it's, it is, uh, I, I made this joke when we did our show live uh, uh, in January. We did a live event and uh, I was, we were talking about Trump and I was like, it's, you know, watching it. It's been, at that point, I think it was like a couple weeks. And I was like, it's been a couple weeks and like. You know, it's it's I, I gotta say, like watching him on TV and just seeing the words President Trump and just it's it's truly like the idiocracy is coming true. That movie was not <laughs> a fictitious movie. It was predicting the future like yeah. it is truly happening. And 
Um, that's I. That's all I gotta say on the on the pun. I I've talked it to death, especially during our live shows. Yeah, it's no. the easy. It's the easy punch. Yeah. Um, but, but I, so, I totally agree with you. Uh, I think uh, and we've talked about it enough, and you know all the podcasting circles, right? So yeah. all I can yeah. say is, if I want to say one thing about Trump, it's uh, how much I've noticed him in movies lately. I've watched Home Alone <laughs> too. He's been mentioned in Friends. He's uh, come up in uh, other shows, and then I was watching yes. some old WWE videos, and I saw him shaving <laughs> Vince McMahon's oh head. It's just like, what the hell? Why is this guy certain suddenly like appearing everywhere and being mentioned in ninety shows? The the picture that was going around of I guess it was the day that McMahon, Linda McMahon got sworn in as the uh, small business administrator uh, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was the McMahon family taking a picture with Trump. I saw that picture circulating around with the little fact of Stone Cold Steve Austin has given a stunner to 46% of these people. And it, or it, maybe this, maybe it was 64%. I forget what the, the percentage was. But like every adult except for Shane McMahon's wife, Stone Cold Steve Austin had given a stunner to. Wow. And that and including the president of the United States. I know. Uh which my response was like, well, I think what we're missing here is that America has just been one long WWE storyline. Like yeah. that's all God. we've been. Fucking a right. <laughs> and that's what no, it feels but... like. It feels like, yeah. Oh my God, it does. But, um, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, you know, just kind of watching films today, like films that were made in the eighties and stuff. It's like interesting kind of the parallels you see that, you know, kind of rival today. And I watched a movie recently called get out, uh, it made the rounds in the horror world and it, it was kind of scary how it, it still applied today kind of in 2017 and obviously it was made in 2017 or 2016 but it, it had some really interesting social commentary that applied like right now and it was just kind of interesting watching that and just watching a lot of movies and saying holy shit like what the hell is happening to uh this world especially america <laughs> Well, so so that's uh, that kind of brings us back to the interview a little bit. Is is um, what? So so where is like your love of movie come from? Like where's that origin? Well, I I watch movies when I was small, like all the time. I, I think one of the first movies I ever saw was Toy Story Two. My mom didn't let me see Toy Story One for a while because it was a little scary, and I'm kind of glad because that crazy messed messed up kid who killed uh, his toys really fucked yeah. me up when I saw it. But uh, yeah, I love kids. I loved kids. I loved movies uh, from an early age. But um, it was when I moved to Mantic, which is just outside of Ottawa in Canada. Um, and there was a local video rental store. Um, yes, I'm old enough to have rented movies wow. from a video rental store. Really? That's <laughs> that's so interesting that they were around <laughs> then. That's... No, but I know I loved it because I'm a avid collector of um, – of Blu-ray copies because you know DVDs are becoming more and more extinct kind of I, I've seen yeah. but um, I, I have oh probably uh, just under 200 Blu-rays and I'm collecting more and more every day um, but uh, I, I love it and I just I went to this video rental store started talking to this guy and we just became fast friends and he's the guy who actually made a tale of two Dan's with me his name was Dan as well and we just he just introduced me to all of these movies um, he introduced me to Quentin Tarantino uh, to Martin Scorsese, who is probably my favorite director of all time. 
And it just got, I, I started loving films and I started writing screenplays when I was probably like 13, 14. And, um, wow. I, I just want to be a filmmaker, man. It's just like, I, yeah. like, like my dream, I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I want to win an Oscar. I want to have a film play at the Toronto International Film Festival. If I do that, my life's complete. Like I can, I, I will die happy. Like, you know, I just, That's it's, awesome. It's just, I, it's, it, first of all, it's a festival I've gone to quite a few times now and it's just, it's in Canada. So it's literally the friendliest festival in the world, I'd say, because like, you know, even at shitty movies, people still clap, which is kind of sad because, you know, it's mm -hmm. shitty movies. You just should let them know and be honest, but I yeah. understand why we do it because we're so polite, but literally I'm wearing this Joey shirt. Uh, it says, Dr. Drake Ramore saved my life. And... <laughs> It was, it was really good. It was a lot of fun. But people complimented me and were like, oh, that's such an awesome shirt. Do you know where I can get it? I got like eight compliments in one day just from that shirt. And, you know, obviously I know why. But any other day, I would get no compliments. But at that place, I did. And it was just like, I just love the film community. Because, you know, there's so many good people and only a few bad apples who kind of are like, yeah. oh, no, your opinion's wrong. My opinion is fact. And I can't deal with those people. It's just not worth talking to them. But I just, yeah, I got into a love of film. And I have a few passion projects that I really want to um, finish. And I feel like they're like movie-worthy stuff. Like one um, is about Heisel, which was this um, soccer disaster that happened in uh, the 80s. And uh, it actually got all the English soccer teams kicked out of Europe from playing from Europe uh, because of football hooliganism. And I feel like it's a really good story that could... Um, one day really, you know, um, I guess be a good soccer movie that, you know, the regular audience will enjoy because it's got some historical stuff and some crazy shit that happened. And then another one I'm working on right now um, is about uh, the Nazi hunters of the 50s and 60s because I, I have a deep sympathy for the Jewish community and what they've gone through and what they're still going through and i feel like no one's no one's made a, a nazi hunter movie yet that like has oh, some historical accuracy and it would be so awesome and i feel like you know we we already have our our actors michael fassbender brad pitt just because i love them in glorious bastards and they do so many war movies and you know obviously that's a little dream but like i feel like yeah. this could be a movie that could be really character based and not like just like it shows like you know kind of the, the the revenge aspect but also possible story that could you know uh bring some forgiveness and that that's always been my goal in filmmaking that's what i look for in films is films that have a message and a meaning but also films that can make an uh, have an impact and uh i recently had a interview with a director who made this movie about um the holdemore which was the ukrainian genocide that no one knows about like no one knows about stalin he made he made uh, Hitler look like an amateur maniac, like he was an awful person, and he killed probably upwards of sixty million people or something like that. And not a lot of people know that. A lot of people are like, "Oh, Hitler, worst guy ever." No, Stalin was worse, but it's like the best kept secret. And it just talking to this guy, and yes, it wasn't the greatest movie in the world, but he made this film so people would know about it. And especially with my generation, a lot of us, not me included, because I love books. Um, but uh, a lot of millennials will not want to sit down and read a book, don't have the attention span to do that. So what yeah. better way to get through to an audience than show it through an entertaining way, but also through an informative way. And, you know, um, 
a quick side note, the only reason I got into books, this just shows how competitive I was, was in grade four. Uh, if you read a book and answer a question about it, you got points. And at the end of the year, you would win an award if you had the most points. And that's how I started reading. And I've read ever since. So, Well, that's good. It's I, I, um, I'm glad that the um, reading isn't lost on you. Not that I'm a huge reader. Like I am someone who enjoys reading, but I am in, uh, I I am in such like a content creator mode that I'm really picky with my, my uh, content intake. And like, I have to be in a mood to read and and whatnot. But uh, you know, reading as a kid is something I did all the time. And it's something that I like, I push on my kids a little Mm -hmm. bit, like make sure that, you know, we read at least, you know, at least, least a few nights a week if not every night a week you know depending on how late it is when, we, when we're getting ready for bed yeah and yeah. uh it is it is it, you know we are as as we move further into the future with technology and whatnot it's it's reading has become almost a thing of the past and and, and it's, it's you know yeah, it is. And, and and it's like I am of the mindset and it could be because I'm in, you know, in my 30s. But I I, You're old. I, I get the idea of a Kindle. I get the idea of, of, of having the digital reader because it's a lot easier to carry 100 books on that than to, to have 100 actual books. But like I I love holding a book like I need to hold a book and flip through the pages when I read. Um, I would probably read a lot more if I accepted a tablet as a device. Cause I have a bunch of eBooks on my, on my, you know, on my Kindle app, but I don't ever sit down but and I, read them because yeah, I, I, can't I need to sit down on the tablet. I can't. And yeah. it's, it's, it's just the thing for me. I like collecting my books and yeah, you know, I want to go back to what you said about how Canada's great. And I totally agree with you. You're so smart, uh, Kevin, <laughs> but, um, no, I just want to talk to you about Argo. Um, that, you know, the movie that won best picture in 2012, like there wasn't, yeah. It was quite dramatized uh, for, you know, the movie, but also the Canadians were much more involved than anything than uh, the movie showed. And the guy who the Canadian guy, uh, I mean, the American CIA agent who like brought them through, wrote a book about it. His name was Tony Mendez. And um, he actually talked about how the Canadians like broke their laws to make real passports to give to these Americans like they actually broke the law their own law and uh and um you know and it was just so cool that like kind of and i i tried to reach out to him uh to get him on the podcast for an interview but i sadly found out that he has parkinson's which was you know um really sad to hear and you know i i i just want to you know say on here thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family for that but and you know the amazing things he did for america but um it was just kind of it's just kind of interesting like i love learning that sort of stuff but i think books are always you always have to research and especially when movies are based off books or based off historical events i feel like you always have to read and you know read more into it and get into it to really um uh, capture the full scope of everything you know totally a hundred percent agree and um i I just there's so many things i want to touch on and and we'll definitely have to have another interview one day but uh before we leave i uh i just to kind of give our audience the uh, the comparison of like you as a film person uh who is 18 years old so let's let's put that in the that's we've heard (laughs) you as a film person at 18 years old and me as a film person who 
I would say that like I've always enjoyed watching movies, but I never had that passion of wanting to create movies until I was probably like 25 or 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finally, I, something finally clicked with me. It was like, you know, this is like kind of a thing that I think I would want to do. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we've, you know, have several like, you know, outlines and, and, and things written and just need to like find time and money to, yeah, to sit course. down and do it. Um, but, um, you, Scorsese, is your guy. So, 18, you know you want to make movies. Scorsese. 25, so for me, seven years ago, I knew I wanted to make movies. Um, and Kevin Smith. Is no, my Kevin guy. Smith is awesome. I know a lot of people give people <laughs> shit, but he is like such a cool guy because he got his own funding. He did everything, you know, himself. And I have a lot of respect for that. So, first of all, you know, your your name is Kevin, right? So, yes. you know, yeah. go for it. And second of all, I, I was joking about the old thing, by the way. I think I think thirty three nah. is is very young still. Well, and and it's um, here's here's my mindset when it comes to. Um, age and like doing things that are either a bucket list or like a dream of some sort is that it's it doesn't matter how old you are when you do it like you always have time um, it shouldn't use that as an excuse because you can and I've been trapped like I have caught myself in that trap of like oh I have time to do it and I put it off to do it later yeah um, so you can get caught in that mindset but if, oh, if you too. don't get ca- yeah, and if you don't get caught in that mindset, and you just know that, like, hey, you know, I can still do it. Like, I'm 33, or hey, I'm f- like Tim Miller who directed Deadpool. He was 50 years old. He is 50 years old. Yeah. Um. So, like, you know, he and that was his first big thing that Brian he made. Cranston. Like, look at him. He only started yeah. being big once he was what, like, 52 or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Like he had a like he had like nice like character actor roles like in sitcoms and stuff when he was younger. Yeah. He started out as a voice actor in Power Rangers, wow. ironically enough. Which and is now what he's doing. I think that's amazing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um it's you know, it's it's you as long as you don't use it as a as a uh, a handicap really and and just keep on putting it off i think that as long as you know that i'm going to do it one day and i'm not going to use it as an excuse to put it off you know age is has no matter when you become a, a generator uh, with content and like oh. it's for me like it, hey you want to you want to do something small like this is something that i finally learned this like literally within the last month or two was that okay, we have all these projects that we want to sit down and do, but like we can't we can't do that. It was listening to Kevin Smith talk about writing Jay and Silent Bob reboot where he said, you know, after twenty plus years I know how to write for a budget now. Like when I wrote Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, I had all these wacky ideas that we needed money for and we needed to find the money for it. But now I know that I'm not gonna get twenty million dollars or however much, you know, he he got to make Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. I know that I need to write for a budget, so I'm gonna write smart. So like knowing that and also knowing that like, okay, talking to Casey uh Spivey, for instance. Yeah. Uh is uh or spiffy i did it again sorry casey (laughs) uh is you know that you nothing you do your first project is is always it's probably going to suck yeah um you can you can try real hard to not make it suck and you may succeed but for the majority of us your first project is going to suck so why not you know put your things that you really want to do like set them to the side and find and do something that 
that you don't care if you Get fail on because there. all yeah and because all failing is is success training so like it's okay if i fail at the first thing so that's why, like finally like it's like long story short is like that conversation with casey listening to kevin smith and whatnot it's like all right talk to my my business partner and, and guy who like got he also helped me get into film because he he's uh i want i think he's a sag actor or maybe he let that expire but he he acted he's acted in the past hmm. and I, I him and i sat down and said I talked to him. I was like, let's like, just do something. Like, let's not keep putting it off to, to, until we have the money to do it, to make it the best that it is. Cause we're never going to get there without doing something first. Beautiful. So we finally like, came, like we hit a good, like 30 minute short that we want to do. That is not only good if we, you know, once it's written down and written well, like, you know, but it's, it's also like, if it fails, who cares? I know like it's a one setting place we have the setting already like we can write within our budget it's all just genius things so i i don't know what advice you have as a young person who wants to be a filmmaker but like something that like i've kind of just learned is like write within your budget and just fucking do it yeah and sometimes you can do things like write crazy things that you know you can put to the side and i have two quotes for you uh first was if uh if you fail try try again and then uh, to bring a sports analogy into it, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Um, so yes. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I was, interestingly enough, talking to the writer of Drive. I don't know if you've seen that film, um, uh, which is the Ryan Gosling so. movie. Um, oh, no, no, no. But I know uh, what you're talking about. And he also did um, The Two Faces of January. And then he's also um, writing a movie for Kerry Fukunaga, the guy who did True Detective and uh, Beast of No Nation, uh, writing a movie uh, about Hiroshima. And he, he just told me that, you know, um, he had so many passion projects that would cost like $100 million to make. So he kind of tables them and writes, you know, screenplays that, you know, he knows can get made because they're not going to be crazy budgets or anything like that. Mm. And I think for me, it's, yeah, just, just write. Just even, even yeah. if you're writing something crazy, like a sci-fi or something, just write it and get it out of the way. Because if you stop writing, then you'll get stuck in this perpetual funk. And you can't, sometimes a lot of people don't get out of it and they give up and they give up on life or they, you know, give up on their dreams. And, and you know, for a little while, that was me. Like I, I stopped writing and I was in a bad place with that. And I, you know, I, I wanted to make films, but nothing was coming to me. And then I started this site and, you know, it just helped me it, like, cause it yeah. inspired me in a way. Cause so many young writers out there and it just, it really, it really did help me. And just talking to these filmmakers now, it's giving me a new zest and I'm going to, um, start writing a new screenplay right now, uh, like, uh, this week, actually, um, this, uh, the next two weeks are interesting for me cause they're leaning up to my 19th and I'm, um, I'm swearing off, uh, all sugar and um and you know and uh, eating healthily going to the gym and then also i want to write every day even if it means oh, one okay. page or two pages and that's kind of like my goal is to get a at least a concrete thing going before my 19th and say okay i i, I did something in my last few uh weeks as a young 18 year old first time adult so yeah that's i think that's something that if you can um uh, just you know say hey i want to write every day no matter how much it is i think that's so important it's something that i have said and have failed at and just need to you know i, I need to it's not it's not it's not hard to find that time you can you can i mean uh, you know I, I for instance before we started this interview you had to say yo wake up asshole because i fell asleep waiting for you <laughs> and uh, i know that was my fault though that was not your fault 
Which is no, and I don't care. Like I, I'm 100% a night owl, but I was like, I, all right, I know he's not on yet. I'm gonna lay down. I'm just gonna lean hey, back. Hey, I loved listening to you snore. It's very uh, soothing. <laughs> but like, I could have spent that 20 minutes. Let's say I could have written a page or two uh, of whatever I'm working. on, You know, whether it's the book I'm working on or whether it's a screenplay I'm working on. But if you hadn't so, I mean, slept, you wouldn't have been as funny as you are right now. So I ex- think it was exactly. Uh, it was time I, you well know, spent. Yes, yeah, so my first love has for the last decade has been podcasting. So uh, I, I, I will I will usually put that first, yeah. um, even though I should be putting some time and energy into other things. Um, I will eventually. Again, it's not too late. I'm still doing. Uh, I'm still creating content. That is, as long as I'm creating content, I'm doing something right. Yeah, I totally agree. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's. Well, yeah, and uh, for me, I just want to say Scorsese, I know we mentioned him, but the main reason why I love him is because he is the most humble director I've ever I've ever had the pleasure of listening to. Like, the guy, mm-hmm. the guy said he wasn't worthy of making silence until now. Like, the best director of all time who's made countless classics said he didn't think he was good enough to make silence. Like, God, like, I just, I have so much respect <laughs> for the man. I just... Yeah. If if even if I'm one hundredth of the director he is, I will be happy. Honestly. Meanwhile, if I am one hundredth of the director of Kevin Smith, there you go. let's go, let's go, Kevin Smith. It's, it's uh, you know, I I have that Kevin Smith mentality. If I set the bar real low, it's hard to trip over it. You know. There we go. <laughs> All right, uh, Dan, Daniel, please give out some plugs uh, oh. before we let you go. Yes, so guys, you can um, find me on Twitter and Facebook at Get Real Movies, uh, G-E-T-R-E-E-L-M-O-V-I-E-S. Um, and you can also uh, find our site at GetRealMovies.com. And then you can find the podcast uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and um, all that jazz. And uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely check out our site because we have some really young writers and some interesting young opinions. And one of our writers, Ben uh, Skanga, is 14 years old, and he is probably one of the best writers on there. Uh, not saying that the other writers aren't great as well. They're all fantastic. So uh, definitely check us out. And um, thank you, Kev. Like, you know, this was kind of last minute, but I love it. And yeah. I love coming on. And it was a fantastic time talking to you. Yes, thanks for coming on. I, I, I again, I can't wait to have you on again because I feel like there's so much conversation left. Yeah, we spoke uh, a lot have. about football. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, it, it, the converse, I love conversations that go like in a completely different direction. Wasn't expecting to talk sports at all today. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, I definitely thank you for being on the show. It was very last minute, uh, and uh, just a, a nice, pleasant surprise to, to happen. It was um, my originally I had nothing going. Going on tonight, so I, 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 I'm glad I spent it talking with you, yeah. talking about movies and sports and whatnot. And we'll have to get you on our show too, because uh, totally, I yeah, hundred percent. I love going on the shows. Uh, so anytime you need a guest, anytime you need to to go bottom of the barrel, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're not bottom of the barrel. You're you're up there with Kevin Smith almost. <laughs> yeah, just just above the surface. Uh, all right, uh, you can find me on Twitter at that nerdy Kev. You can find this show on Twitter at Real Awesome Pod. You can find us, of course, on AwesomePodcast.com. We're also part of the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network on CoreTempArts.com. Uh, you can find us all over the place. ThatEntertains.com. If you want to support this show on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/ThatEntertains. Uh, oh God, there's everything. You just go on to our websites and you know how to find us and support us. It's all 
really fun. Um, until next time, make sure you uh, check us out on Twitter. Listen to the show right here only on awesomepodcast.com. We've been awesome. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.